calamity. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And Robin's son is racing. And welcome to Locked On iRacing uh, interview podcast. We are, well, I'm Peter Wilkinson, uh, Wilco for you in the Discord. This is Braden Martin, but we're beautifully joined by the amazing Jonathan Hancock from 24-7 Race Control. How are you going, John? Good, how are you, Wilco? Uh, exhausted, but we won't go there. Luckily, <laughs> it's not a podcast about me, otherwise we'd have half an hour of me whinging and whining about my life. So let's not do that. How are you, though? What's been happening? Um, I'm doing all right. Not too much. Just working with 24-7, growing it, yep. continuing to try to get more uh, leagues um, okay. to sign up for live race control. Yep. We'll, we'll get into that in just a moment. I don't want to ask where Braden is because he's going to give us a big sob story about last night's race and, and how bad it was. Uh, for those who <laughs> don't know, we're just recording after the Monza race. Uh, so that gives you an idea. Season eight. Round five of Aussie Car Skip Barber. Uh, but let's start with the beginning. John, what's what's who is Jonathan Hancock? Um, a twenty-three-year-old male from Queensland, Australia. Oh, not another one. Yeah, <laughs> go Queensland, go. One of the only states that's not locked down at the moment. But give it a give it an hour, give it a couple of hours, we might be there as well. Uh, we were um, lucky today. We only had one active case, so no lockdown today. Uh, I've, I've been dealing with it all morning because the active case from yesterday is up in my region and affecting my actual delivery area. So I've been running <laughs> around all morning panicking, trying to find out who's who's uh, who's been in contact with what. And uh, it's a little bit closer than I want to really admit. But um, yeah, it's been a fun morning for COVID-wise. So you let's start with the, the beginning. When did you start the love for motorsport? Um, from a very, very young age, uh, around Ambrose era, I started getting into supercars and also NASCAR, just when I was younger going also to Speedways, uh, live out towards Archfield and Queensland Raceway, out that type yep. of area, so went to the local tracks, um, and yeah, I just obviously fell in love with anything loud and had wheels that goes fast. <laughs> That's that's a few things, especially out that way. How did you find growing up around Archerfield or going to Archerfield as you're growing up? Like, what's the atmosphere there like? Uh, it's pretty good. It's you know typical speedway, loud, uh, everyone cheering, you know, getting behind their favourite drivers and yeah. Did you have a favourite driver? Uh, not to particularly on the dirt. Obviously, when you're young, you just yeah there to watch it. I haven't been to the Speedway in a few years, um, just don't get the time anymore. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, who was taking you along? Like, who, who, who were you going to the Speedway with? Uh, family, so yeah. mum and dad type of thing. Okay, nice. Uh, so when did you first pick up iRacing? About oh, seven years ago now, I think it is. Yep. And, and what made yeah, you got... do that? Well, I was, that was back when I had a PS3 playing Gran Turismo, got to the point where that wasn't realistic enough, so I picked up yep. iRacing. Um, I think I was 16 at the time, got a steering wheel, just a G27, mm-hmm. Yep. and got yeah, the basic PC for my birthday my parents brought for me, and got into iRacing from there. 
Seems to be a similar stepping stone, the uh, Gran Turismo <laughs> up to iRacing, isn't it? It's definitely something we've found through doing these podcasts. There's a lot of people started with either uh, Gran Turismo oh, or something along those lines. It was the best simulator on the market back then. Like, and ever since, like, you, it was, okay, PC, you had NASCAR, um, and you had a few other bits and pieces of the race driver series and stuff like that, which was V8 Supercars for us, Toka for, for UK, but... Gran Turismo was also the easiest thing to get into because back then everyone had a PS2, PS3 and it was the must-get game. So I can completely understand why. What did you think? So Gran Turismo 3, are we talking? Uh, yeah, around that era, like the 3 uh, or 4, one of those ones. What was your favourite car? Um, well, I like drifting, so always the S chassis. <laughs> nice. I, I think every Gran Turismo, I would jump in and get the Skyline and that was it. I'd just beef the Skyline to all hell. And then it would beat everything, and um, no matter what you put it in, it was really, really good fun. Uh, but we, yeah, we, we gamed the system a few times. What other games were you playing on the PlayStation back then? Um, obviously, like motocross, nothing too crazy. They always had the rugby league games that came out yep. back then. The um, and NFL. I'm a bit into NFL, but not too crazy. Have you got a team in the NFL? Uh, unfortunately, the Detroit Lions. Oh, no. <laughs> that is unfortunate. <laughs> uh, you're coming into what well, we we're almost back into season, aren't we? It's only a couple of weeks away, theoretically, yeah. from starting in. Exciting times. Yeah. Uh, so, you you jumped from Gran Turismo. Was there any other racing games that you you played along the way, or just straight into iRacing and that was the end of it? Uh, straight into iRacing. I use a Seto Corsa, but that's for drifting. I don't use it for racing. So, yeah. I've I haven't seen the set of course. Uh, I've I've played it. I haven't seen the mods and stuff that make it drifting. How how is that for drifting? Uh pretty good because it's gives you the basics. It's not obviously the same thing as getting in the real car. As I used to own a drift car. I sold it a few years ago, but that's another story. Um, yep. But yeah, it gives you like the basics of like obviously the counter steering, using your handbrake, clutch, balancing all your inputs to make the car very smooth. The, you know, smoother you are, the smoother the car will be type of thing. That's all kinds of things that I keep on hearing people tell me I, I need to learn when I'm driving a skip bar or any other kind of car. So obviously the transition, you, you've got that drifting experience came across into iRacing pretty well. Yeah. Throttle control uh, obviously was a huge big thing. Well, quickly though, you've got the G27. I've heard from Braden how he used to set up his was just hooked up to a desk. How, how did you have yours? In in like, how, what did your rig look like in the, at the start with the G twenty seven? How was it set so, up? It was a single eighteen inch monitor, very basic, uh, fourth gen i seven with a nine eighty. Yeah, and the G twenty seven was strapped onto a very basic coffee table, <laughs> and I had a chair with wheels on it so every time you press on the brakes you roll back a bit eventually i went to the shed one day got the hammer smashed the wheels off the bottom of the chair (laughs) i've heard thongs did did someone tell me thongs was that what or slippers you put it in that and you you don't move as much is that a thing i i had mine uh office chair in the back of some old shoes so that they wouldn't uh, wouldn't move when i break yeah Yeah, I love hearing where where people's rigs come from. Let, let's quickly jump to what your rig looks like now. Okay, so I was lucky enough to pick up a sponsorship by Hybrid Racing Simulation. Oh, um, the legends. A lot of people. 
yeah, know yeah. them, and I'm lucky enough to have one of their top-end simulators with direct drive. Wow. All the bells and whistles. Couldn't ask for anything better, pretty much. Shout out the to hybrid racing market. simulations, to be honest. Yeah. I, I was actually I messaging you the other day. Yeah, because you, you got your pedals, <laughs> plates, and I'm like, I need them. And I messaged them and I said, oh, can you get a custom colours anymore? And they're like, nah, sorry, we have to do red, black or blue. And I'm like, I don't want blue, but I do want blue. But Brayden's got blue. You can can still get blue. I'll give you permission. Okay, we'll see. I've got to order them. But yeah, they're they're lovely people. I got my sprints through them in the first place and really, really helpful people. So what... I, I think I, I missed a little bit of that. So you've got the the direct dive, you've got the rig. What what pedals? What have you got? Button boxes? Anything like that? Uh, at the moment, I don't have any button boxes because the steering wheel has all the buttons yep. built onto it. But I yep. am looking in the future again, a hydro handbrake, um, yeah, button boxes, etc. But yeah, like you said, the main thing with uh, hybrid racing simulation is their customer service that's really good you know brett's a really good guy here helps out everyone it's not just the sale it's the aftercare from those guys that's mm-hmm. insane yeah like i still blows me away that they're in though well, they were i think they've moved recently i don't know if, where they are now but they're, they're not far away but they're in lismore and i'm like that little country town out the back of nowhere is where <laughs> this beautiful place comes from and you know they're, they're really really good stuff so if you are after any products go see them first for sure not sponsored, yeah. by the way. You are, but we're not. <laughs> it, um, it all started in Toowoomba originally, and yeah, they it's moved down to Lismore, and they yeah. just brought a new warehouse um, with a showroom out the front that they're currently moving into. Yeah, I just saw they had their SVG wheel that they're, they're sort of showing off in, in photos, and oh, it looks good, and it's only, I can only see like a quarter of it, and it looks really good. So they're doing a lot of work with uh, Shane Regisbergen, so interested to have a chat to them about a few things, but we'll, I'll reach out to them later. We'll, we'll move on from that. Uh, so what's your favourite cars to race in or racing? Um, I'm pretty good in the 410 wing sprint cars. I know we made World of Outlaws last season, but just missed out. I um, yeah. didn't have any setups, so unfortunately just went in with whatever iRacing provided, tweaked it a yep. little bit and just ran it. You have to uh, listen to the podcast we recorded yesterday with um, Alex Bergeron. <laughs> I still can't pronounce his name. Uh, he's the world champion last three years, I think it was. Oh, he's, he, he, he's got three world championships. He's Sorry, won, that's right. One of them was last year in the yeah the dirt. So, um, <laughs> And then he's trying because he got one. Did he get? He, he's competed in the rallycross, and it was like apparently yesterday afternoon or yesterday morning. He's like, oh, by the way, you're going in the rallycross qualifiers, and he's like, oh, that's today. And then yeah, jumped in, and got like he's sitting seventh apparently already, just with no practice, no setup, no nothing. Just I've got to go do this, and, and off you went. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's a really good chat. So it'll, he's a very, he's an amazing man, amazing man. It was a really good conversation. So yeah, definitely listen to that. But are you going again this year? Are you going to try and get in there? Uh, it depends. Currently, my simulator's down. My oh, no. PC, yeah, a couple months ago, started playing up. I finally pulled it apart. If, I think it was two weekends ago. Found out that the power supply unit was failing. It basically sent a high voltage shock through the whole system, blew the graphics cards out, and everything. So waiting on graphics cards to show up and all types of things. They're easy to get these days, aren't they? Oh yeah, it'll probably be at well, least two months wait. It was interesting as well. Like uh, when I built my new PC, 
must have been what a few months ago now maybe yeah. 10 or 12 weeks ago um i paid about 15 1600 for my graphics card and i looked on just randomly the other day and the exact same graphics card selling for two two at the moment yeah. like, it's just unbelievable they the just keep on putting up the price because people they're trying to stop people from buying them so they can yeah. you know have some in stock but people keep on buying them it's like crazy. i got my 30 I think I ended up getting the 3070 because that was the only thing that was in stock at the time where I really wanted the 3080. And I, but it was, like you said, two-month wait back then. It's still two-month wait now. So that is a that is a shame that the, the whole PC's out. Um, hopefully you get that back up soon and then yeah. you start competing in it. Um, anything else that you like to dabble in when you're, when you're racing? Uh, anything like I pay for over like NASCAR, Xfinity, the trucks, etc. So anything oval, really? Yeah. Can you teach Pete how to save his tires? He almost <laughs> he almost blew his inside right uh, front on Wednesday night. <laughs> hey, hey, I had ninety six percent in my left rear. It was just the thirty three percent in the inside of my front right that was the problem. Um, I've been working on it. I've got. To, I'll be better at Richmond. So that, yeah. Anyway. Have you got any tips for me? I guess. Um, again, it's all just about being smooth on the throttle and smooth on the wheel inputs. See, that's that's my problem. I race it like it's a skippy and I chuck it in. And um, <laughs> yeah, at least I can get it in gear, not like the skippies last night. Let's not go there though. Um, <laughs> look, Braden, you're you've worked closely with Jonathan in the past um, with twenty four seven. You do some stuff with him. You you help him out. Take the lead. Talk to Jonathan about everything to do with um, race control because race control is something that just about every league that wants to be successful needs, but it's another thing that people forget about and forgets even there, and especially if you're doing a good job of it, I assume, Jonathan. So if you're doing a good job, no one's talking about you, no one really cares, everyone's just happy. So take it away, Braden. just go for it. Yeah, well, I guess uh, the first time we met Jonathan was through Aussie Car when um, Ira was trying to get together some, some race control to help him out for the Turbo Touring Car Series it was was for me. Um, was that sort of your ver- first venture into race control or had you been doing it long before that? Uh, I'd been doing it a few years before that. I'd say it's probably been six years all up because I got into iRacing around seven, eight years ago and I got into doing race control probably two years after that just uh, privately for little leagues here and there. And ha- how did that initially come about? Did you reach out um, to them or was there an opportunity that arose? Um, it, some of them advertised on Facebook. Some of them were like people that I knew running their own leagues. And I'm just like, I'll offer to do your race control, but you know, cause they were looking for people to do it like volunteer type of stuff. And, and, I, and how, how was that at first? <laughs> I remember the first time I jumped in with you guys. Um, and it was, it was pretty daunting. Like uh, I felt a lot of pressure to make the right decisions or to see things the right way how how was it for you originally um trying to think back it, yeah it was probably a little daunting at first uh, obviously you just got to be confident within yourself and i think that's a big thing with anything you do in life you just got to be confident yeah for sure um so where did the idea for 24 7 race control spawn from then to actually you know sort of turn it into something a bit more not not necessarily that what we were doing before wasn't professional, but a bit more under under the banner of something, I suppose. Well, I saw the opportunity because no one else was offering uh, independent race control. I'd been dealing with a few different leagues and clubs that 
had in-health race control and there was always politics uh, inside of those leagues that, you know, drivers had friends that were racing or uh, had teams in the leagues and not going to say that there was complete bias but there's always a little bit of bias when you have a friend or a mate or a teammate that's racing and you see them out there so I saw the opportunity for coming in as an independent party and offering our services so I um, spoke to a few leagues and a few friends as you know Ira and yourself I spoke to and we come up with the idea of 24-7 race control. Absolutely, and I guess one of the hardest things, not just in, in race controls, but for people just in life in general, is to be able to be objective and, and non-biased. We all have our own biases that lie within our own lives, and then to be able to actually really be independent and, and apply that to a competition or you know a league such as you do in iRacing, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to do. So I think that independence is a really important part of um, 24-7 race control. So you started it up and it was just yourself and a couple of others to start off with and you've sort of tried to expand um, as you've gone. I know that things got quite busy um, initially, probably busier than you first expected. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it to take off the way it did, but it took off uh, in a big way and I had to go hiring. I think I've done two or three rounds of hiring people now and we've got a fair few uh, race controllers because... We cover races not just here in Australia, but in the US as well. And I'm trying to expand into the UK and Asia markets, just cover every uh, corner of the globe that I can and every possible race. We've done uh, dirt oval racing, road racing, your pro trucks, etc. So all types of racing we've done race control on. And yeah, it was uh, quite overwhelming. I put an ad up and I think around 20,000 plus people saw it within 24 hours. So yeah, it took off very quick. So when you're looking for a new race control member or someone new comes into the team and they're looking to learn, I suppose, the, the trade almost of race control, where do you start with them? Um, we train them up, obviously, show them the ropes and just try to feel them out type of thing. Obviously, have an interview, ask some questions. Because the big thing is um, being professional, just how you speak to other drivers, how you present, obviously, 24-7, as we are a professional company at the end of the day, and it is a business, so you can't be, you know, speaking down to drivers or treating them as lesser, because just because we're ruling doesn't mean they're less than us type of thing. Absolutely. Is there some, I guess... Is one of the things I suppose that you have to do is adjudicate to each specific league's rule book. Does that make things difficult at times? Uh, it can uh, at times, but you normally just make sure you read over their rules before said race starts from that league. Um, make sure you're brushed up on them, but for like the most part, rule books are somewhat similar. Um, and also, we do offer the uh, service of writing rule books for leagues if they don't have their own and they want us to come in and do live race control for them. Yep. Um, I suppose running with so many different leagues and, and obviously having so many people working under you, what kind of challenges has that sort of provided um, as you've sort of started 
Um, it's more, it's just a lot of, like, setting up, like, getting calendars done, like, on a weekly basis, so drivers, uh, sorry, race controllers know what races to show up for, what times to be there, etc. So, it's just a lot of adjudicating, we'll call it. How, how much um how much time do you do did the race control have to have put in beforehand and afterwards? Like, obviously, if there's lots of incidents, that's what's going to come down to. But generally, on average, like obviously, they're putting in a lot of time prepping and they're putting a lot of time adjudicating and delivering the results. But what's the average usually? Uh, it depends on the series. Some guys get us to come in and watch qualifying beforehand to make sure no one's like blocking tracks etc yeah. or holding people up under qualifying others get us to do just a race um, sometimes depending on the race if we have a lot of drivers and a lot of incidents uh, race control you know you'll have to stay back and finish reports etc because we do write up a whole report for each race and each league and give that back to them so they can then go rule as some do post race like penalty points some do time-based penalty points some do live drive-throughs etc so it's all different depending on the league how how often do you get thanked for that job obviously the league owners would be thanking you a lot and that kind of stuff but how often do, do a driver sit back and go contact you and say thanks for your, your well done tonight on, on all your work um you'd be surprised uh most nights you get thanked but there is a lot of thankless work in it and a lot of drivers that uh, will say have their opinions on our calls yep. obviously <laughs> you're not going to make friends always and not everyone's going to go home happy yeah that, that's i wanted to touch on that um in your experience right so let's say you've got a driver who's always thinking everyone else is to blame for their incidents and seem to be always in incidences now, in my experience, that generally means that they're probably putting themselves in the wrong position more times than not. How do you nicely con convey that to them? Is there a way to do that? Or you just basically say, here's the ruling um, and then move on and let the league deal with that? Yeah, we just do the ruling and let the leagues um, deal with that unless like, they obviously come and I've had drivers call my phone in the middle oh, of the really? day to yeah, have a conversation with put it politely about the yeah. ruling that happened like the night before and bad people leave comments on facebook or start facebook posts etc about rulings that they weren't happy about so it that's when it um gets interesting and then the leagues have to get involved and deal with that stuff themselves do you find that though that the same drivers are that are, are in the in a lot of the same things that's all what, what we've come across but is that something that, that's pretty common you do learn who the drivers are that, yes, are the, we're not calling them troublemakers, but repeat offenders. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest mistake you always see in, in race control? What's the biggest mistake that always happens? I guess in a lot of cases, drivers just over push themselves, like push themselves too far. Obviously, you're in a competitive situation, so you're going to tend to push yourself, but they push themselves past their limit, which then forces a mistake is do you watch other league races like other broadcasts at all with what you're not um controlling for and just ask why some of these decisions get made do you, or do you just ever watch any other league races do you have time for that <laughs> um not really we're pretty busy 
but um, I try to watch like other leagues when I can but um, some leagues out there like don't have race control or like Scops is lucky enough to have in-house race control and their race control is good. I do think that they do a good job. Okay. I was uh, no Scops. Scops does a good job. Don't ask the drivers that, but the Scops <laughs> do a good job. I think so. I'm happy with that. Uh, is there so obviously you're trying to grow the business, um, and you you're trying to get into UK and stuff like that. What? How is that? What What do you do? What's What's the angle you you try and get there on? Or how do you do that? Just advertising or or other ways? So yeah, advertising, finding Facebook pages that are linked to like. UK, Asian markets under iRacing and then just share posts like the ad within those groups and pages. Yeah. Uh, are you getting any little nibbles over that way at all? Or is there already race control? Like is there already stand, uh, dedicated race control over there are you finding or it's just a market that's not being utilised at all yet? Um, I haven't had too much feedback there. I've tried reaching out to Apex and a few of the bigger leagues over there, but I haven't had too much. Um, America's been really good to me, um, in that sense, as I've had, like, have two leagues there currently on a Monday morning, one after the other, so, and the good thing about US is they pay in US dollars as well, which is good for the <laughs> conversion rate at the moment. <laughs> that that is definitely good. Keep that up and hopefully grow grow more over there. Is that mainly uh, what 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 leagues are they? Oval, dirt. Uh yeah. So one's a dedicated oval series that are just re-signed with us until mid January next year. Oh wow. Um, one is um, it's called Cross Series Racing League. So they do four weeks on the road, four weeks uh, dirt road. Four weeks oval and four weeks dirt oval, so they go across all four disciplines. I guess we've done about what almost twenty interviews now, Braden. I think um, yep. we're getting up there anyway. A lot, whenever we, we touch on dirt, I guess the the big thing is the driving standards, um, especially in Australia, just seem to be lacking a little bit. Um, when when the the best guys get amongst themselves and try and battle, and and then obviously have the slower guys in in the mix as well. Have you found issues with um, more issues with the dirt dirt leagues at all? Um, I've done. I did AFSR before they shut their doors, um, and with them, it was good. The hardest thing with dirt is because it's so quick, um, yeah. and with AFSR they didn't have caution, so you had to be calling very oh, wow. very quickly. So there was drivers that. Like we having an accident on the last lap of the race, and they didn't make it through to the finals because they got taken out in that accident. And they felt that you know they should have been put into the final or the A main, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, I can't really make a call within you know ten seconds. So <laughs> yeah. What would you say is the biggest thing you've learnt since opening opening the doors for twenty four seven? Uh, just a lot of managing other people, like to get them to show up, get consistency with other race controllers, get good race controllers. It's not an easy thing to, you know, find someone that wants to sit there and do race control over actually racing. Mm. A lot of people would rather sit there and race instead of sit there and do race control. So that's been probably one of the harder things is to find good, consistent race controllers that don't just, you know, come 
and then like a month later decide oh this isn't for me so yeah that's probably one of the biggest challenges is finding them as for finding leagues i haven't had too much trouble with that but there's always more leagues and more areas you can advertise so still finding my platforms where i can advertise on and grow the company what what are the best um bet uh trying to trying to think of the word what, what's the best qualities you yeah for for a good race control person do like do do good drivers generally make good race control people or is it the ones that are sort of you know just more intent on the on the details um sometimes it's yeah a good driver can make a good race controller but also a a driver has a different point of view compared to a race controller type of thing so hmm. it's very much just being able to take a you know step back and look at the incident from all angles be patient be understanding um, like i said earlier be professional yeah and you want to go yeah oh, no that's had... all right because the mine's a different one but you go i was gonna say how much how much work do you do with the broadcaster if there's a broadcaster for the race um because I've, I've watched a few broadcasts where the, they make a call and then they sort of, it seems not quite right for, for what, you, you know, you look at it from your angle and then race control obviously makes a very different thing. How, how much work do you do with the broadcasters generally when, when you're controlling as well? Uh, so some broadcasts get us to put up, like use SDK to put up a post at the bottom of the screen to tell what the yep. penalty is, etc. Um, one of the US series that we do, which is Sim Max Cup Series, or it used to be called the MPI Cup Series, um, they're on Podium Esports over in America, so we work with them to tell them they do stage racing, so at the end of each stage, especially when it was in the chase, we would tell them what cars finished first through to tenth, so they could like determine the points for that stage and where drivers were going to make the cut or not. Um, with those points based on that stage. Is it more difficult or easier when you work with the broadcaster? Like, does that just add another level level of com complexity to it? Uh, not really. I'm always very easy and very open to working with any and all broadcasters. So I've uh, worked with Sim, well, not SimSpeed too much, but with the Aussie car stuff, we work with SimSpeed yeah. to a degree. We've worked with Podium, like I just said. We're currently working with Apex for another US series, so I've worked with my fair share of broadcasters and hopefully continuing the great relationships with broadcasters in the future. You would have watched um, hundreds and hundreds of races. Are there any races that really stick out in your mind as, wow, like, that was just awesome to watch or... Um, you know that was absolutely chaos i hope i don't have to race control another race like that again or anything that sticks out in your mind um we won't go into the ones that are chaotic because there's <laughs> plenty of those um but anything with a good hard close finish or good continuous race where there's good battling is always a great race to watch um obviously the less incidents the better like but yeah, there's a lot of good racing out there when it gets up to the higher-end leagues. Um, it just depends on I know. the quality of driving standards. 
I know a few times when I've done race control and there's some really good battling on, it's really hard to actually appreciate the battling that's going on. You're almost waiting for something to go wrong. And then when I'm watching the same thing uh, on a broadcast, I'm probably like, oh, how awesome is this? But when I'm in the booth doing a race control, it's like, oh, no, please don't hit each other. I don't want to have to that was <laughs> make a my, ruling on this. That yeah. was my question, Jonathan. Yeah, how much has race control ruined your experience of being able to watch races? <laughs> I wouldn't say it's ruined it. It's just... Uh, put a different perspective on it we'll say yeah i i want to half touch on driving standards in australia right now um we're in a league and, and in part of another league that are very contrasting at the moment where skip barber's uh i would say Braden fairly clean at the moment compared to you know some other ones and then obviously formula v is having a fair bit of discussion at the moment about cars that are uh, and, and and drivers putting the problem onto tracks onto um just battling and, and all that kind of stuff what do you think of these of the of the driving standards in australia for starters so yeah um overall it's all right there's always room for improvement like everything in life um there's definitely leagues that are better out there as you you were talking about Skip Barber with, uh, I'm guessing you're talking about Aussie Car. They have a good driving yep. standard over there. Uh, overall, we have, I would say, a decent driving standard, but like I said, there's always room for improvement. Have you, over your time doing 24 7, have you seen the, the standard improve or just basically stay the same? So, with any league we worked with, I believe, and I've had league owners come to me and say, you know, we've seen a change since you guys have started bringing, you know, that you've brought up our driving standards and our drivers, like, standards for driving overall. Obviously, um, with yeah. driving standards, you know, it can be a mix of things. Like, having race control there definitely improves driving standards, in my opinion. People sort of know they're being watched and less likely to do something just completely silly. But I definitely think part of it is on the league itself and the way that the league sets up maybe penalty point systems or things like that. Is there any, any specific, I suppose, ways leagues have been run that you've looked at and thought, Oh, that's a really good way of helping improve the driving standards. So with um, penalties in general, I like the, not so much a post race system, but uh, time based system. And yes, that goes more in hand with the post race system instead of the drive-through system, because if a call is made that is incorrect, you can always give back that time. You can't give back a drive-through or a stop and go, etc. Yeah. So that is something that when you're writing a rule book out there, definitely look into more, we'll say penalty points or time-based post-race penalties instead of, okay, let's do a drive-through because we're human. At the end of the day, we do make mistakes at 24-7 or at any race control level. And there will be a wrong call and a haircut here and there. So that when that happens, at least with a time-based penalty, you can give that time back or not enforce a penalty at all. And I know if you've got three or four incidents called out at one time and you're trying to get through them all and write them all down and then try and look at them and make an make objective judgment on them, Sometimes it's just impossible to do that all in the time that's needed needed it to be done. So that's where I think the post-race stuff lends its hand to being a little bit more consistent, I suppose. Yeah, I had a race two nights ago that took me half an hour just to get through the first lap. So it can uh, definitely <laughs> be hectic out there sometimes and that's when 
again the post race system comes into play because the race was 45 minutes and it takes you half an hour just to get through the first wow. lap so yeah. it all then turns to post race that was i was watching the v and, and jay had a um replay of something that was happening and then he had the main screen and then on main screen something happened so we had both two accidents happening at once and um so you can definitely see how how quick it, all that work can pile up um it is I, I i would have thought it would more thankless jobs than it is but yeah thank you for for cleaning up some leagues um what's the most enjoyable part of it oh, i just seen drivers improve like you see drivers that come in that whether they be overconfident we'll call it yep. um or whether they just be starting out new and maybe they aren't the fastest or maybe they're too cautious and they get worried about getting in the road of other drivers and over time you'll see them improve within their yeah. own driving standards and within themselves and that's probably the best part of the job or seeing the league overall improve come up in driving standards that's when you know you're doing a good job yeah i, I we've had an instance i'm just calling from personal experiences here but yeah there's um there's drivers i know that that don't that just have a clean sheet every time they race and then all of a sudden you see them in a couple accidents in a row where they're at fault um what goes through your mind like do you lean on having a word with them or do you just let it go oh you obviously don't have to deal with them i guess you just repeat it um i guess how do you deal with that and then versus the people that you don't see like Braden crashes out people all the time that all of a sudden it goes 12 months and you're like oh i haven't heard of him for a while oh good to see he must have improved that is rude (laughs) do you get things like that though yeah, we do get drivers that uh, come in and over time their confidence will build up. They'll build up their skill base within their driving standards and within their own driving ability. And like you said, they'll go 12 months or for like a season without having any incidents. And it'll be great to see that type of thing. Yeah. The, um, I guess, what is there, is there people like, how often do you get the same people all the time? Like, is that it, every league has that, or is it just um, a few leagues out there that just have the same person every time, every time? I've found a mixed bag, but for most leagues, you'll find repeat offenders. Um, and let's say we have that specific person across multiple leagues, you'll kind of find them repeat offending in uh, multiple leagues. And maybe, you know, it might be their fault. Maybe they're just not up to pace with those drivers or like I said they're not confident around other drivers because we find you know you have your guys that are really good at qualifying but then they get in the race around other drivers and they just don't have the ability or the driving standards to drive around other drivers whether it be confident base or whatever and they just you know have incidents one thing this season that uh, Ira's done in Aussie car is after the race sort of opened up the, um, I suppose, race control uh, channel for anyone to come in and sort of view as he and race control, sometimes it's yourself, sometimes it's Nick, um, sometimes it's me, <laughs> uh, go through the different incidents and basically listen in on, on the explanation of why they're uh, penalties or not penalties or, or whatever. <laughs> Do you, what do you think about that as a an option for um, you know letting drivers in and sort of having a look at what's going on behind the scenes? 
Yeah, I I think it's a good idea as long as the drivers are respectful because I've had leagues where we've done that and I've been abused or I've had race controllers that have been abused so we've had to stop that from happening and not be able to give drivers the behind the scenes type of thing because we like to explain to them this is why the penalty was handed out, this is what you could do in the future so or what you could have done in this instance to change that outcome because obviously they need to learn why we give the penalty and how they can stop it from happening in the future or how they could have handled that situation better. Yeah, definitely. We talked, I think we've talked a few times about not only just telling them that they've done something wrong, but giving them options, giving them, giving the people ways to, to improve. That's the best way to, to see improvement. What's the biggest tip you've got for anyone? Like the biggest mistake slash what's the tip you'd give to anyone who's going to join a league? That's a good question. Probably... Yeah. Just drive within your comfort zone, don't overdo it, don't over push yourself, whether you're being pushed by another driver, just drive with what you're comfortable with, other guys around you will eventually make mistakes and that's when you make up the positions and if you're a clean driver, overall, you'll probably finish better off than some of the even fast guys because they make mistakes at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. How often does netcode come into it and how hard is it to deal? Obviously, race control in real life doesn't have to deal with that and can look at multiple angles and all that kind of stuff, but how, how bad is netcode deal, to deal with in race control and iRacing? Well, it just depends if it's an Aussie Bay series. We have seen a bit of netcode here and there, but for the most part, you'd actually be surprised with some of the cars that we'll call it the hitbox, as they call it, or the damage model is slightly off, so there'll be like a bit of a margin before you actually make contact with the car, where it starts making virtual contact, we'll call it. So yeah. um, it's not so much netcode, it's just the hitbox of the car type of thing. Okay, um, yeah, because whenever I race with Braden, he's always complaining about, oh, netcode was that netcode was. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we've noticed with the Vs, actually, is apparently the, the, the hitbox, hitbox is yeah. actually um, not necessarily around the car like it's actually quite squared off from behind where the exhaust comes out so there's actually quite a bit of spot uh, space where you can hit the car from behind where there actually is no car as opposed to the side it seems like you can get the wheels basically interlocking um in in not actually make any contact but the rear especially seems to be quite a difficult one to judge yeah i found that also with the porsche cup car uh that there's a bit of a we'll say extra space around the car for the hitbox especially around the rear end and the front end of the car so is that something you take to iRacing like and say hey look we've got this issue or is that something you just have to deal with and and how do you deal with it we uh just deal with it and we um just if it's going to be contact it's going to be contact in most situations um yeah. It's kind of, you know, people out yeah. breaking themselves, like I said, pushing themselves too hard. So then they do lock up, outbreak themselves. And a lot of, we see rear end contact or people trying to dive it down the inside too hard. So it's going to be contact at the end of the day. So there's not much, okay, that wasn't going to be contact if there wasn't a problem with the hitbox. Yeah. Since we've started the podcast, iRacing's gone and put smoke like really heavy smoke into the game. How much does that change that for you guys? Because obviously people approaching cautions should be slowing down and that kind of stuff. But especially I know when smoke first came in, a lot of drivers weren't used to it and were just plowing through and, and, and right, running people off. There's a, obviously 
you deem that as a racing incident or is there more into it about people slowing down for cautions should be done? It um it definitely depends on the league, but in general, if you see smoke, if you see a caution, you should yeah generally slow down. Uh, we see a lot of drivers that just think uh, it's days of thunder and drive through the smoke <laughs> and try to be the hero and end up causing a bigger wreck. Um, I was just thinking of the side there about the hitbox thing, and <laughs> I, w- I wonder if it's uh, I racing sort of knowing that there's going to be lots of rear-end contacts and they almost put that buffer there as a protection for the, the car in, uh, in front or the car behind or whatever so that although there's the spin there from the net code contact, there's not actually the damage because you quite often see those ones where there's actually no damage and you know both cars can still go on. There's a little bit of a spin, but yeah. Anyway, just thinking off the side. Um, one question I did have is we've we've had the formation of the... Uh, very new Australian New Zealand Leagues Association. How do you see that going and, and what do you think that'll bring to the community for driving standards? I um, see it being as a good thing. I have uh, joined that uh, Discord and yeah, it, could, it should hopefully bring up the driving standards overall and help get those repeat offenders um, out of the system and away from especially the higher-end leagues, they'll find out who are the repeat offenders and the troublemakers and be able to say, okay, you're not allowed to come in, obviously. You don't want to stop everyone from being able to compete, but if you're a repeat offender that's continuing to cause trouble in multiple leagues, well, it kind of says something about you, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think uh, one thing I've seen from the posts and stuff that I've seen um, from the league is I like the idea of they're not there just to ban people from racing. They're, they're there to try and give people a way to sort of redeem themselves. And, and you know, fair enough, maybe they've made a mistake in the past and they'll provide a way forward to, to getting back to being able to be, be part of the racing community and you know, not rehabilitated, so to speak, but, you know, just make better decisions when they're out on track. And it would really be only people that are continuing even after those chances to to continue to be disruptive um, to leagues that, that wouldn't be, you know, welcome in certain places. Yeah, I think it's um, a great thing that we give drivers a second opportunity and be able to help not so much coach them, but hopefully point them in the right direction to be able to bring up their, like we said, overall driving standards. Yeah, pick up the overall driving standards. Not only do you um, obviously keep more drivers around, but you make a better standard and a better product for for the broadcaster that you're working with and the league itself. Because you know you want close, tight racing, and you don't want accidents. So obviously, we're seeing it with the V's at the moment, where it's close, tight action, but there's a crash every couple of laps, kind of thing, and sort of diminishes from it. Where the V, oh, Skippies, we've just seen they got promoted with I racing in the the top five or top 10 or whatever it was where they had the big finish just recently where um, the six of them within six seconds. And we just had it last night again, six within six seconds once again. and Six um, within one second last night. Oh, sorry. One, yeah, it was ridiculously close. And obviously it's, it's a far better product for the for broadcasters. So yeah, definitely want to get those driving standards up and, and you're doing a great job helping out with that. I want to find out... If people were interested in 24-7, how do they go about contacting you and finding out more about your services and what exact services do you offer? We have, I don't think we've completely covered that So, because we're going to start wrapping this up. Yeah, so we have a Facebook page, uh, 
it's 247 race control uh, you can find us on Facebook we have our email there um, uh, phone numbers etc that you can contact us through but Facebook is page that has all the contact details on we uh, put up the live streams from other leagues that we do and yeah we, we try to put our ads up on there um, service wise we offer pretty much the whole spectrum from live independent race control to we do post race analysis and post race reviews we do the safety cars like manually driven safety cars so if you have a league out there that instead of using the iRacing safety car you want to put your own sponsorships and your own uh, banners over it for the broadcast we can come out and drive that for you and yeah we were offering broadcasting when I had my computer up and running but that's not happening at the moment due to the computer being down um I've got one question out of that and then I know Braden's gonna have one more question for you as well how often have you, have you crashed the safety car <laughs> uh, I haven't crashed it at all yet okay cool. <laughs> <laughs> well I guess I'd just like to finish off with one last question. Uh, if, if there was anything that you wish that all drivers sort of understood or knew, or I guess a parting word you could say to, to drivers in general from race control, sort, sort of what would it be? Well, that's a good one. Um, overall, at the end of the day, we're out there to have fun. Yes, we're there to help you bring up your driving standards, but just enjoy your time on the service. And and I guess for me, the one thing I definitely would, if I if I was ever doing race control again, is just yeah, like nothing's personal. <laughs> you're just you're just there to to judge on what what we see, and you know we can have differing opinions, and that's okay. But the main thing is like just be respectful. Like no no one's there to 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 get abused, or you know they're not giving up the, an hour of their life to you know sit there and cop cop stuff for for no reason so just yeah definitely whenever you uh, for me whenever you're approaching any kind of race control just go in with an open mind and a, a positive attitude and you generally find that you get dealt with a you know with the same respect back pretty pretty easily yeah it's not like it, it look it there are 50 50 calls out there but a lot of the stuff i see is like rear contact or closing corners like there's definitely someone at fault it's not like it's that they're, they're, they're going out of their way to you know, get you at any stage in their time. And like I said, like you said, they're, they're doing this out of their own time. Obviously, it's a business as well, but still they don't have to be dealing with idiots, um, people who are <laughs> abusing them and all that kind of stuff. Um, use it as a learning tool. Like, and especially like we're seeing a lot of people saying it's, it's always me, I'm always getting taken out, I'm always doing this. But maybe it's things like, hey, well, maybe you're not qualifying as good as you should so you're around slower cars and you're pushing you're pushing too hard work on the qualifying it might change things or take your time overtaking people set up overtakes and things like that and just be aware that that person that you've had a tangle with has probably put in eight to ten hours of practice coming into the race as well and this is their one night a week or or whatever it is so they've also lost a lot of time as well so um just have fun like you said that's that's what we're all here for we're not here for sheep stations just yet we're just here for fun but thank you so much jonathan for your time um is there any quickly there's obviously you deal with leagues and and, and race control and stuff like that is there any features that you want to see into iRacing that could help your job uh iRacing have been adding a few new admin commands which is great 
Yeah. And we do use uh, tools to be able to give black flags, like third-party apps, etc. So overall, we just want to see a better system um, inside of iRacing with the penalties and just overall a whole better like system type of thing. Like a, they focus very much on their content, which is great. They obviously need to, but they also should focus on the basics, I guess, at the end of the day. Have you, I just, because something just came up before we're trying to wrap it up. Um, you do your own pace car sometimes. Have you yep. used the new feature where you can close pit uh, the pit lane under green flag now? Is that something you've, you've looked yeah, into I've yet? Been, I've used, I used that actually this week. First time I used it with um, the American NASCAR series that I do, or one of them. And how'd that close. go? Was that a nice, smooth process? Yeah, so like I said, we do stage racing for that Pacific League, so we closed it two laps before uh, the end yeah. of stage, uh, so yeah. drivers couldn't pit, and yeah, it went smooth. Because I know the, the biggest problem whenever we've tried to implement a safety car, random safety car in... Um in Aussie skip barber, Aussie car skip barber is it's always there's always a problem. It's either you do it manually and the pits are a problem, uh, trying to get people past and all that kind of stuff, or you'd use the iRacing one and pits are closed and pits are open and it just throws it all out. So I, I was I'm very intrigued to see if this system is working. Just glad to see it is a little yeah. bit better than the previous system. And um, the update before that, I'm not sure if you're aware of, but they added a feature where you can add more safety car laps or take uh, safety car yes. laps away so if there's a broadcast on you can quickly get everyone backed up That's... and go is that when they changed the safety car as well you can actually select your safety car that you want now i believe so yeah that'd be cool and you could can you set the speed of the safety car in that or they haven't done that yet i don't think they've done that i don't really set that stuff yeah. up the leagues yeah, normally cool. set that stuff up Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you if they want to follow what you're doing or anything like that? But I know we talked about the the twenty four seven stuff, but what about you? Um, me personally, I don't have a. My, I have a personal Facebook. That's about it. Yeah, and people, well, you probably don't want people following you anyhow because you get abused. <laughs> so we don't do that. Um, but yeah, definitely check out twenty four seven race control. Braden, quickly, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, you can jump over on uh, twitch.tv slash the 1D Wade. Uh, starting to get a few people over there now, which is nice, and almost getting towards affiliate uh, soon. So if anyone wants to come over and help out with that, that'd be great. And Definitely. if you want to hear me complaining about something, uh, probably sport, uh, head over to Twitter, and that's at Braden Talks. He's got a lot to complain about. The Olympics are about to start, so get on there. Actually, Ooh, probably yes. the time you hear this, the Olympics are probably over. But anyway, um, <laughs> get us on Locked On Lads on Twitch. Uh, Locked on Lads YT on YouTube, Locked on Lads on Facebook. Uh, that are the three main places to get us. There is also Locked on Lads on Instagram now. I haven't been promoting that, but I probably should. It's a new account, so please go follow it if you can. Locked on Lads on Instagram, do it. Uh, also, me personally, Bookcase Chill Zone on Twitter, but in the Discord, lockedonlads.com slash Discord. Hop in there. That's where you can find me the most. I'm Wilco. Just tag me if you need anything or DM me. If you do need anything as well, we are always looking for drivers. We're always looking for sponsors and we're always looking for that kind of stuff. So hit me up. We are happy to help. Uh, CD Simtography is the current people we're helping at the moment. And ever since we've put his logos on the car, we're improving. We've got V's in number one. We've got skips of getting podiums and winning and pole positions and all that kind of stuff. So thank you, Clayton Davies, for your for your help there, I guess. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Jonathan Hancock, for your time. I hope it all goes well. I hope we 
um, you know, get the word out there to a few more people and uh, you get a bit more business. But hopefully people start looking after and thanking um, race control a bit more. But thank you so much for your time and thank you for your efforts in, in keeping races clean. Uh, thank you. There's, uh, I just saw the opportunity and I wanted to help out the communities and just grow it and make it better in the driving standards area. So hopefully we can do that and provide that for the leagues. Definitely. And thank you, Braden, for your time. You have a really good day and we'll catch you all later. See ya.